Good morning. Um, this morning, the title of the sermon is Sundays, Glorious Sundays. Boy, have we missed gathering and Sundays. And there's a bit of an irony in this morning's preach because I'm preaching it in the midst of us as a leadership just gathering this week to discuss should we reopen, should we gather on Sundays again, and making the incredibly hard and difficult decision to postpone by another 30 days um, our formal gathering as a church. Um, and the reasons are there on our, our, our Facebook pages and all our WhatsApp groups, etc. Um, and preparing personally for this message was quite tough because it reminded me again, not that I needed much, but uh, just freshly again, the beauty of what Sundays are meant for. Sundays, glorious Sundays, those moments where we gather as God's church. Um, and what we're going to read today in the scripture in Luke 6 is when, what happens when we get the Sabbath wrong? In the, in the language of the New Testament, Sabbath was the Sunday, the day set aside for God, for the gathering of the church and serving and just devoted to God. And we're going to read um, Luke chapter 6, verse 1 to 11, an incident that shows the Pharisees confronting Jesus and his disciples, and Jesus in some ways almost fighting for the glory of a Sunday, the glory of why we gather, why we have the Sabbath days, and the Lord's Day, as many of us still call it today. So let's read together from Luke 6, and we're going to read the first 11 verses. On the Sabbath, while he was going through the grain fields, his disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing their, them in their hands. But some Pharisees said, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath, so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts, and he said to the man with the withered hand, Come and stand here. And he rose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? And after looking around at them all, he said to him, Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another that they might do or what they might do to Jesus. What we're going to look at today, we are going to look at three ways that most of us approach Sundays and, and the Sabbaths. And we're going to look at Sundays because it's, it's relevant to our language and to our culture today. Three ways that we look and we approach it. And the three ways that we do, I'm going to stick to three Ds, duty, diversion, and then dynamite. We look at the three ways that we approach and we we come to Sundays. First, duty. First of all, we come to Sundays as a duty. We, we love God, but we feel there's a sense that we owe God something. We have to do something to show our love for God. Or we are His creatures and He demands this of us. Or we come to God saying, God, I'm here. It's roll call. It's Sunday. Your church gathered. You're the boss. I have to be here. And I wonder how much of us, when we approach Sundays and, and the Lord's Day and gathering together, have some of 
that in us, the duty that I, it's the right thing to do. Um, I remember my dad growing up saying, it's the right thing to do, honor, don't ask questions. And what we have here in Luke is a dynamic confrontation between Jesus and the Pharisees. The Pharisees were experts at, at dutifully, traditionally keeping the laws, keeping the Sabbaths. They knew every little law and rule that there was to have a proper Sabbath, the one that would please the Lord. Yet there's a confrontation here. There's Jesus confronting or them confronting Jesus around why we do it and what's allowed on the Sabbath. And we actually see that Jesus and the worship here is a serious and sacred time. This is a, a significant day in the Lord's day. Matt Smith, a um, well-known um, preacher in America, wrote this. There is no security in a love that's been earned. There's no security in a love that's been earned. And the same applies to the, to the Sabbath or the Sunday. There's no security. We don't, if we have to earn the love of God, if we do, if we come to Sabbaths, if we come to Sundays because it's our duty, we leave with a sense of insecurity because if I'm not here next Sunday, does God love me? And the love that we have and receive from God um, is not something that we barter or we earn. It's not something that we dutifully have to fulfill and we have to tick all the boxes and then God's going to love us that's not the gospel and I wonder how many of us in our hearts when it comes to Sundays have slipped into a bit of the the the, the habits of the Pharisees where it's become just a tradition it's the right thing to do it's a duty just get yourself together and do it the second reason some of us might come and approach Sundays is diversion um, what else is there to do on a Sunday? It's a free day. Um, some of my mates go, so I might as well just tag along. It kills an hour and a half, two hours, four hours, depending on what church you go to. I'm in and out, and I've done my bit, and I can tick my box, my duty box, and it's a bit of a diversion on a boring day. Or it might be a diversion in, it's a rainy day, I can't play sport, I can't do the things that I want to do in the garden, so I might as well just tag up to church. It's harmless, it's a... It's an easy, harmless way. It might do a bit of good. I might hear a tip from the preacher for my marriage, or I might hear a tip about how to be a good businessman. And sadly, um, for, for many, that's the reason we go to church. It's just, it keeps us busy. I'll never forget um, an elderly gentleman used to often fall asleep, like 15 minutes into our, our Sunday services. Um, and the one Sunday I plucked up the courage and I went over and I, before he fell asleep, I said, hi, how are you doing? Are you okay? Like, is, my, is the worship so bad? Is the preaching so terrible that you, that you fall asleep so quickly? And like, help me understand, you know, just what's happening. Um, and he looked me in the eye and said, he said, young Arno, I just need a break for my family. I just, my wife goes to another church. I come here and it's the only spot in the week where I don't have my family in my business and I can just be on my own. And sometimes I just want to have a little sleep without being just disrupted. Now, the funny thing is that that's a true story. And so for many of us, Sundays have become a diversion. It's just to, to fill a gap in our week or to see some friends, etc. But what about the third way that we could approach Sundays? What about when we come expecting dynamite, when we expect that it's going to be a dynamic, dynamic moment in, in our lives? The word dynamite comes from um, dynamis, the Greek word dynamis. And in Acts 1 verse 8, when the Holy Spirit is promised to the church, it says that when the Holy Spirit came upon them, um, you will receive power or dynamis, dynamite, explosive power. The, the, the picture in the New Testament around Sundays are that they are glorious Sundays. That, that when we gather, that something dynamic and almost like an explosion happens in us as people and as a, as a people, as a gathered people around God. That there's a dynamic 
edge to gathering, that there's life coming out of it, there's power in our gatherings. It's not just a duty, it's not just a, a box ticked, it's not just a diversion to kill off time, to get away from my, my terribly irritating wife or my family. No, there's, it's meant to be dynamic. It's, it's the kind of Sundays in, tra in, in tradition, Sunday in history, if you look at church history, um, you look at the Scottish uh, folk that started meeting around the gospel, that it was so dangerous to gather that they would have their, their strongest um, warriors form a circle around the church premises to protect them while they were worshipping and sitting under the word of God. We, we see, we have countless stories of, of folk, the Chinese church, the, the church, the underground church, the folk, the, the, the persecuted church, where people are literally risking their lives to gather together and to gather to, under God's word, to worship God, to break bread together, to pray for one another. Sundays are meant to be dynamic. This last week, we, during our leaders meeting in person, we were discussing when do we gather, when do we gather, and you could sense in the room this urgent, desperate need that we would gather. And that need was not driven because it's the right thing to do or because it's our duty together. No, there is a life that comes from Sundays that causes us to, 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 to want to sacrifice everything just to gather together, to sit under God's word, to worship God together, to experience healing, to, to experience God's words transforming our lives. And that's why Thursday evening when we gathered as leaders, we left and I left there with a heavy heart saying, we're going to have to, we, we've decided for, for the next 30 days at least that we're not going to gather. And we have our reasons, and today is not a preach about those reasons. But the reason I got in my car and, I, and we left, and, and I was heartbroken, not because we didn't make the right decision, but because the right decision in our circumstances in 2020 is not to gather formally. And I know the price that, that well, I know the price that's paid when we don't gather. For me personally, for us as a congregation. And we are we are desperate together. We are not because we feel guilty, not because we are bored, no, because we miss the dynamic um, experience of God's church gathered under with his spirit, with his word gathered around us. And the early church had that there was a, a, a desperation and a commitment to gather, gather together. And you have, you've got to say something about that kind of worship. You, we, we look at our church services today and we are five months. By the time we gather again, it would have, would have been at the very least six months of not gathering. And I'm not sure how you felt. Or, um, and, it, and it would be interesting to ask those questions. Am I feeling guilty because we didn't gather? Or am I feeling, am I feeling bored because I need something to do on a Sunday? What do I do now on a Sunday? Um, it's interesting we hear stories of people saying, no, I can go for my run, I can go to gym, I can, now you can go to gym, I can play my sport and then have breakfast and when I'm in the mood I watch and I kind of, we, we've slipped in, into this convenient kind of lifestyle that, that doesn't necessarily have to adjust our diaries together as a church and, and it's not healthy for our spiritual um, beings, it's not healthy for us as a church and so we are desperate together because of the health and the dynamic life that flows out of our Sunday gatherings. And then we're looking at this confrontation between Jesus and the Pharisees. And we look at it and we go, so what's happening here? What's happening here is that Jesus is, 
He's trying to correct or trying to show the true meaning of the Sabbath. He's trying to show the true meaning of why we gather, why we give a day to the Lord. Why do we set aside a day to gather, to worship, to, to, to be together, to encourage each other? And the question that we have to ask here and the question that we ask around worship services is, did God create us in order to honor Him? So are we? did God literally just make human beings so that we would just have a Sabbath and honor Him on the day? Um, do we exist to satisfy God's desire, uh, desires and to appease Him? And so we could say, yes, of course, we exist to, to, to satisfy God or to worship God. Or are we expected to do these processes to make God happy with us? Is that what's going on here? Or what happens if the Sabbath, if we feel that, or what changes when the Sabbath is made for our benefit? What if the Sabbath and the Sundays are, what happens if glorious Sundays are designed for, for us? To, to serve us, to, to encourage us, to bring life to us? What if we are the beneficiaries of, of setting time aside together as a church? What if the Sabbath was designed for us? That, that changes the whole perspective of Sundays. Yes, we go to submit and to sit under the Word of God. Yes, we sing songs towards God. We worship Him. We, we're, not, we're not there to, to tell Him about how we feel. We are there to, to sing songs of His nature and character. Why do we do all those things? To remind us of who He is. And I've often said this on Sundays, that we, we come serving and worship. It's called a worship service. We come worshiping God. But God in His generosity, as we worship, as we serve, as we sacrifice together on a Sunday, God gives us. We are the recipients. As freely as we give, freely we, we've received. Or freely as we've received, freely we give. And, and what happens in worship services is this. The dynamic is we come serving, worshipping, serving others, serving God, worshipping God and Him alone, submitting to His Word. But yet we walk out as the recipients. We think, I'm benefited from this. I'm full. I'm a pastor. I preach most Sundays. Uh, Sundays are, in, without um, taking the, the beauty of it away, is a work day for honour. I have to, it is what I'm called to do is to preach the gospel. And you can ask Claire, she's often in the seat next to me as we drive home. I, I leave Sunday on a high because I've received so much grace, so much love, so much um, power from God. I've received, I've learned from God. I've, I've been reminded in our songs around the gospel. As I've preached, I've been convinced and convicted by God's word of the truths of him that brings life to me. And we see what happens here as Jesus says, no, no, no. The Sabbath is not here because God desires or needs it from you. The, Sabbath, the recipients and the, the beneficiaries of the Sabbath or Sundays, it's, it's you. And I will we'll explain to you why that is. Worship is a privilege. It is our privilege to worship God. That God would even receive sinners like you and I, broken people's worship, is an amazing privilege for us to have. And God has given us a special day for us in, in, in 2020. It's Sundays where we gather together with families, brothers and sisters, strangers, but we worship God in all His strength. But He promised also that there would be dynamic power when we gather. As we gather, these are things that we should expect. And things like healing, we should expect that in our gatherings, when we pray for the sick, that they be healed. Um, when, we, when, we, when we walk in and we are heavily burdened, that we can bring our burdens before God and, and walk out feeling that those burdens have been lifted. That we would walk, that we would experience change in our gatherings. That when we walk out of church, we feel changed, that we are a different person, that we have grown spiritually, that we would be convicted, that, that when we arrive at church and there's 
there's a brokenness or sin in our lives that we would we would experience conviction that we would repent before God we would, we would call for we would be on our knees repenting but receive forgiveness from God that we would be guided that through the preaching of the word through maybe a song maybe someone brings a, a prophetic encouragement that we would be guided by God in our times together and that we would be blessed in our gathering that we would be blessed when we gather together that we would walk away from church feeling blessed not guilt guilt free not yay it's now 11 o'clock it's time to have something to eat no blessed that i'm so blessed that we gathered together i trust that many of us leave sundays like that the sabbath is for us and jesus believing us saw that in this time that the that we got it wrong that we that, the, that these good gifts for the people if the sabbath is for us then it's okay for the hungry to eat like the disciples did with Jesus. If the Sabbath is for us, then it's fitting that the sick be healed on that day. Then it's okay that on the day we're going to pray and we're going to heal the sick. Worship is, is a means of feeding our soul. It's a, it's a, mean, it's a means of eating of Christ. We, we, we break bread often in our services together. We, and what we're saying is Christ satisfies us. We, we eat and drink of Jesus because he satisfies us. And there's two types of eating when it comes to worship services or how we approach worship services or Sunday gatherings. Um, I remember Claire, I think it was Claire's 40th birthday, we, we managed to get away to Franschhoek in the Western Cape. And as a, as a surprise, I booked the most expensive um, restaurant, but it's one of these um, gastronomies where, where literally they have seven or eight different, um, what do you call it, um, parts of the meals that they serve up for you courses of the meal so it starts really small and it builds builds over the evening and you kind of pick and i found claire and i we were sitting paid a crazy amount of money for this meal but it was a special treat and we we went to and we we we, we acted like the lanis like the special kids in the in the in the hood and so we sat and and we had this meal and what was interesting is claire and i were we were enjoying the meal but we were acting like connoisseurs we were every little thing we ate we were eating and then tasting twice and saying oh I prefer the mushrooms done like this or the steak done like this. So, and I was mainly through the eating going, oh, that's just too little. That's just, how do we pay money for this piece of meat, etc. Um, and we find ourselves almost spending most of our time in the meal, enjoying the food and the experience because we've never had anything like that before, seven or eight course meal. But we find ourselves as food critics trying to understand and, 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 and see the meal and judge in some ways the meal set aside of us. And then there are the other kinds of eating. So when you go fishing for the whole day, you leave. So I don't do breakfast well. It's a bad habit of mine. Don't, don't, get, don't be that guy. Um, but you go fishing early in the morning. So often it happens at Haga Haga or the Trans Car when we go fishing. And I'll be out before or at sunrise, we're out fishing. I'll grab a cup of coffee and out I go. And like four or five hours later, I arrive back at the cottage and I am ravenous. I am starving and literally anything that's edible in the kitchen that's cooked and i don't have to wait for i will show in my mouth i will eat i'm not i don't care how if it's hot or cold i don't care what it's meant to taste like as long as it's going to satisfy i'm starving i just need food i haven't eaten for 14 16 hours i've been in the sea fishing and th th there's these two kinds of of eating that that we kind of apply to sunday services sometimes Scripture talks about Sundays and gathering 
in the second, the second instance, when we are ravenous, we are starving. We just can't wait to eat. We are, we are not connoisseurs limiting, waiting, processing everything. No, we are just so desperate for, for the gathering. We're just so desperate to worship God. We are so desperate to hear His Word preached. We are, we, are so, we are so hungry for these things that we don't sit back and, oh, they didn't sing my favorite song or it wasn't my favorite band member singing or worshiping. And I'm sure worship could have been shorter or it could be longer. Oh, it's not my favorite preacher. And why are we, why are we doing the same series for six weeks? Or No, no, no. When we are desperate and hungry for God and, and for what He's doing, we come to services differently. The one benefit of, of COVID-19 and where we are as a church is I'm convinced that when we gather again, and by God's grace is not too long, but when we gather again, we will, we will come as the latter eaters. We will come hungry and starving that we would have to turn everybody away saying, hey, we can't, we're not allowed to allow all these numbers in right now. That we would have a problem in, in hungry people just wanting to gather, wanting to see their friends, love their friends, worship their God, sit under God's word, repent, be encouraged, find direction from God. And I want to encourage you and I that no matter, no matter whether we were a year or two or three after COVID, that we would that we won't forget some of the lament that we're experiencing right now. That the hunger that you and I are experiencing today for, for gathering and for Sundays won't diminish in two years. That we would remain hungry for our gatherings and to gather together. And that we eat like the ravenous honor of the rocks is starving and whatever's in the kitchen and is edible, we'll eat. And then once we've calmed down, then we'll sit down and make a cup of coffee. We forget the process of worship means... That worship is almost in the means of, of survival. There's like, I, I have to eat. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, and it's, it's, it's a shocker, but when, they, when, 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 the, when the UN or when the UN food um, planes drop food into starve, starving nations and it drops into a field, and, and if you've seen the videos of the people just charging to grab their handful of, of maize or food that's available for them to go feed their starving kids. And, and the gospel, when it comes to us and gathering and Sundays and the church and Jesus and his word, the language is of a people starving. The, the world that you and I live in, on mission, loving Jesus, loving our city, will never satisfy us. We will be hungry. There's a reason that the woman at the well, Jesus said, come to me and you'll never be hungry again. You'll never thirst again. Jesus promises us that. And one of his means of grace for us is through the local church gathering. One of the ways that we feed off Christ, that we feed in Christ, and we, we, we are satisfied in Him, is, is when we gather together, the hugs that we can't do right now, the greetings of a familiar face, your friend that's mourning, and you can stand and, and mourn with them next to them in church, but still worship your God. The preacher that preaches because he loves you and he, he's, 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 he's desiring for you to grow in your faith and for you to be satisfied in Christ. You see, the Pharisees in this, in this passage we read today were more interested in the traditions and the rules and the laws than they were about the spirit of why the Sabbath was there. They forgot, they forgot that God instituted the Sabbath, the Sundays, for their benefit. They, for, they forgot that this was a means of grace of God to them. They saw it as duty. They saw it as tradition. They saw it as, uh, as a, we have to appease God. We have to, and so constantly they would live insecure in their relationship with God. It reminds me of a, a beautiful story of um, 
a Chinese peasant centuries ago that came to faith. And as he read scripture in the Bible and he came to faith, he, he decided he's going to spend a good chunk of his morning in devotion to God. He's going to read his Bible and he's going to pray. He's going to have his own service. There weren't any in his village that knew Christ. And as he read scripture, he, was, he became aware that, that worshiping God is often linked with sacrifice. And this was a very, very poor, like I said, a peasant um, in a famine. And so what he would get into is he would have a habit of every morning as he worshiped, he would take a little bowl of butter and he would put it on the windowsill in his room where he was praying and he was worshiping God and reading scripture. Um, and he did this for many days. And then he, he noticed that out of the corner of his eye while he was reading, he saw a cat come and eat the butter every time he he was worshipping or he had his devotional time, his quiet time as some of us would call it. And this carried on for a while and eventually this this Chinese um, believer decided, no, this is not this is God's butter, it's not the cat's butter. So he caught the cat and he tied the cat to the bedpost with a string during his quiet time and then he would release the cat. And this carried on and this is how he worshipped. So every morning he would put out the butter, he would catch the cat first, tie it to the bed, he would have his devotional time, he would, he would read, pray and worship God. And then people noticed that this young, this man was devoted to Christ. They saw his life change because of the gospel and more and more folks started inquiring and eventually it all fellowship began to build around his house, etc. And so eventually it wasn't just him, it was three or four or five or six, a dozen or so that would gather in his house, but they would do the same thing. He would put the butter out and he would still catch the cat and tie it to the bed. Decades later, when missionaries arrived in the city in China, they, they, they found believers meeting in their homes. And when they went to the fellowship where these believers gathered, guess what they were doing? They took a little bowl of butter, they were putting it on the windowsill of their gathering place, and what they, they had a cat tied to, with a piece of string to, to a table in the room. And when they asked, why, why are you putting butter on a windowsill, and why are you tying a cat to... To the table the simple answer was this man that led us to christ showed us the gospel that's how he worshiped god <laughs> and now we all laugh and we giggle and we go surely not this is a true story this is what really really happened why am i telling you that story i'm telling you the story because in our worship of god in our gathering of god it is so easy for us to to make secondary things the main thing he gave he put butter on the windowsill Purely as it's all he had to give to God to show he's prepared a willingly sacrifice to God. He tied a cat to the to the bedpost purely because it was taking what belonged to God. That was what behind the heart behind this. And the danger is in church is that we just like the Pharisees. The Pharisees thought that the Sabbath was about rules. It was how you dressed, how you ate, how you washed, what you didn't do, not not what you did do. They forgot that the Sabbath was it meant to feed them. They, they forgot, they took their eye off the ball, that this was our moment to feed off, that God was giving something towards us. And many of us look at that, and we, uh, something that I've heard often, and I'm sure I've heard in our church, is this, we come to Sundays to fill our tank, because our tanks are empty, and we live from Sunday to Sunday. Um, and so what that implies is that every Sunday we gather, and you get into a, a worship service, you are spiritually drained and empty. You have nothing to offer. 
Um, and, and, and so it looks like we come on Sundays, we get our tanks filled with worship and amazing. So worship better be good because my tank needs filling. The preacher has to be really spot on because if he doesn't give me a good word, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this week. Then we get to, we're like, by Wednesday we half tank, so let's go to life group and get a, an injection of faith again. Um, and then we just, just, just stumble into Sundays and Sundays better be good again. And, and I think that's an unfortunate analogy of our, our spiritual journeys as believers. It's not something I think we should get used to. And I think if that is something that you carry in your heart or language, I would encourage us to change the way we talk. And the reason for that is there's no tank to fill up or batteries to charge spiritually. We're not, we're not energizer bunnies that, that, that now we have God, now we don't have God. Now we're filled with His Spirit, now we're not filled with His Spirit. I get that we... That we have high moments, I think. Uh, I, I, I get that there are moments where we feel, where we experience things where we go, oh, I'm strong or I'm not strong. But there's no, in Christianity in the Bible, half-tanked people, half-full people. No, we're filled with God. And God said He's giving us His Spirit. He fills us with His Spirit. He doesn't empty us. He doesn't take the Spirit away from us. And our relationship with God means that he, we, don't, we don't come to Sunday, every Sunday, to re-establish a relationship. We don't have to reignite our flame. We don't have to re. No, no, no. We are we are His children. We are secure in Him, and we continue to worship. We keep and Sundays remind us of who we are. We don't become again who we are. No, no. It reminds us of who we are. The songs we sing doesn't change who God is. No, it reminds us again of who God is. And as we as we look forward and and the power of our ga the gatherings and Isaiah says those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. There's a when we gather together we renew our strength. We we are full. So what can, should we expect from glorious Sundays? Sundays glorious Sundays. There's four things quickly that we're gonna that I I want to encourage you to expect when we gather again. And by God's grace we will gather sooner rather than later. Firstly, let's expect to start or to continue a relationship with God on a Sunday. For some of us, Sundays is where you're going to start your walk with God. You, you're going to come to hear the gospel for this first time and your relationship will be birthed on a Sunday. For most of us, Sundays is a continuation. It is a continuous relationship with God. We are growing day by day in Christ. We, we're following Him. We, we sit and we listen to preachers. Some scriptures we would have heard for a hundred times, but they grow us and God grows us. Secondly, um, that we expect that we can... We, we can let go of greed, pride, and ambition. We can expect that on Sundays we, we can let go of, of sin. We can let go of our, our idols. We can let go of greed, of ambition, of pride in us. That we can lay those things down at the altar. On Sundays we can expect guidance. We can expect to hear God's word. And that, that and hearing God's word would shape our lives going forward. And lastly, we can expect healing. Well, in worship, we can experience emotional healing. We can be healed emotionally. Physically, we can pray for the sick and they'll be healed. Relationship, emotional, physical, relational healing, that we can expect that when we gather, God will emotionally heal us, that God could physically do something in us and heal us, that God could heal relationships, that God would, on a Sunday when we sit under the Word, when we're worshiping God, our hearts would soften to those that we are, have broken relationships with. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for Sundays. Thank you that we, that you've created and designed Sabbaths and, and Sundays for us to, to feed off you, to be, to be fed by you. Lord, forgive us if Sundays have become duty to us. Forgive us if it's just become a tradition. 
Forgive us if it's just become the right thing to do. Forgive us if we haven't come hungry, um, where we've come as connoisseurs and we've come to judge the service instead of just coming hungry for your people, for your word, for, for worship, for, for communion together. Lord, I pray that we would, when we gather again, gather as a hungry people, desperate to see you guide us, for us to continue our relationship with you, for us to, to, to love one another, to, for us to lay down our idols before you and, and lay down our pride and our ambition and, our, and even our guilt we can lay down before you. That we would receive healing physically, emotionally, relationships, because of the gospel, because of, of your spirit be, being with us. Lord, we are hungry to gather again. I pray as a church right now that, that we're waiting a little bit longer before we gather, that you would give us grace to wait well, that we would grow in our hunger for one another and for you, that we would love you and we would worship you, Lord Jesus. Lord, have your grace and pour your grace upon us in this time. Give us the strength to endure just a little bit longer before we gather again. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a fantastic week. Let's get hungry for our gathering soon, we pray.